This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, good morning, beautiful family. It's so good to be able to worship God with you this morning. All of you here in the auditorium and the other venues online, thank you for joining us. I'm so privileged, humbled once again to be able to share the word with you, especially on the Sunday morning. Yes. So I want to just give a shout out to mom and dad that are not with us today, having a great holiday. Keep them in prayer. We love them so, so much and thank them for this opportunity. Can we just bow our heads in prayer for a moment? Father, we just thank you for your beautiful presence in this house, Father. We just thank you, Father God, for all the people that have touched and healed today, Lord. I want to thank you for your word, Lord. We come together with hearts of anticipation to hear from you, Holy Spirit. And I know, Lord, that I can do nothing in my own strength. Thank you for the privilege of being your mouthpiece today. But Holy Spirit, you're the one that speaks, speaks to our hearts, good seed, to the good soil of our hearts, that we may have a great harvest and others too may partake of it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, well, family, I'm really excited, as I said, to be able to share with you today. Because, you know, prior to last week, we spent so many weeks that we were really studying the Beatitudes. And I so appreciated that because it was so practical. So many times I've read them and wondered how I can make that a reality in my life. And I just found this, is that, you know, if I just tweak and change the way I do some things in my life, I can actually change my world. And I'm excited because we're really embarking on that subject from today that we're going to start the series, which is called Change Your World. And I'm sure every single one of you will agree that the biggest change that we have in our lives is that day that we put up our hands and made Jesus Christ our personal Lord and Savior. Amen? Do you agree with that? I think the most beautiful scripture that really describes what happens there is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. We're familiar with this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Amen. I mean, these words more than any other describe this change that I experienced in my life. I like the New King James. It says, if any person is in Christ, he or she becomes a new creation. All things are passed away and behold, all things become new. Amen. This really resonates in my heart that something is different. I am now transformed and even though life seems to go on, you know, I've still got to go to work and I go to school and do this stuff, I now walk around as a transformed carrier. Say so this, I am a carrier of transformation. So even though it doesn't matter if I'm with my friends, with my family, with, with my work colleagues, with my schoolmates, man, I am now, I carry this transformed life inside of me. And here's what happens. Even when I embark on my spiritual growth and I start taking my next steps, I kind of go to where I understand that I, I'm transformed, to where I realize that I'm actually carrying this good news message on the inside of me, to where I get to that point where I, I'm actually a transformation caster, that that which I have experienced, I now want others to experience and the fact that, that I have been changed is to help others experience this change. 
that I am not the end of the story. I'm a part of the story. It doesn't end with me. It continues with me. And that it gives me that, that help, that, that passion to, to want to help other people experience what I have experienced. So irrespective of how young or how old we are, I want you to know today that you are equipped to change your world. In actual fact, through the Beatitudes, many times we, we, we spoke about the Sermon on the Mount and how these principles were preempted the, the Sermon on the Mount. In actual fact, family, do you know that the Sermon on the Mount speaks of, it's Jesus' own change your world message. Now I'm going to read that to you right now. It's, I'm reading from the message paraphrase from Matthew chapter 5 and verse, from verse 13. And Jesus starts by saying, let me tell you why you are here. <laughs> Don't you just love that? He answers a question that so many people ask all the time. You know, what is God's plan for my life? You know, what is God's purpose for my life? And Jesus over here makes it very clear. So if you're wondering what that is, I mean, right here, as I said, is Jesus' change your world message. He says, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt and light. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your, your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you end up in the garbage. Now he reinforces it again and he says this. He says, in other words, he said, you are here to be salt. That's your purpose, right? You make things better. And then he says, let me put it another way. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors of the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, words of Jesus, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? Right? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, this is what we have to do, shine. <laughs> he tells us how to do it. He says, keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people, listen to this, to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven. Wow, how powerful is this? Now I tell you, family, when I read the scripture, I realize this is that God has got a plan for my life. God has got a plan for your life. God has got a plan for each and every one of us in this congregation. And the plan is that we should change our world. Not change the world. I mean, that's a bit overwhelming. I mean, gee, change the world. I'm going to do that. But actually, if you think about it, I mean, somebody said that to Mother Teresa, you, you, you're going to feed the whole world. And she said, you start with one. You see, when you want to, you don't have to go big, you can go small. In fact, most mass movements don't start with the masses. They start with a few people who really want to make a difference. You see, that's what Jesus calls us to be, positive change agents. Think about it. I mean, what is it that leaders do? Leaders lead people to, they, they actually, let me put it this way, leaders make things better for others. Would you agree with that? 
And then leaders also lead people into positive change. Now, hearing is the problem, right? <laughs> because people don't like to change. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, we, we like the way we do things. We're comfortable in the way that we do things. Can you just put your pens and everything down for a moment? Would you just do me a favor and just fold your arms? Does that feel good? <laughs> I love folding my arms. It just feels so comfortable. Everything's in the right place, right? Especially in winter, because it's nice and warm. Have you noticed something? Even though you do this thousands and thousands of times, every time you fold your arms, you fold them in exactly the same way. Just turn it around. Okay, oh my goodness. Something doesn't feel right. <laughs> Just put it back where it was, right? Let's try something else. Let's clasp our hands for a moment, okay? Say this after me, our Father. I'm just joking. <laughs> but have you noticed that so many times that you clasp your hands, every time you do it the same way, just move those fingers up one. Oh, God's never going to answer those prayers. <laughs> just put it back where it was. <laughs> so you see, family, the challenge is this is that we, we have to change the world that we live in in such a way that we have a positive influence on people's lives so that we attract them to want to have a change in their lives. And you see, that's why but Jesus says, he says, I want you to know you are the salt. Isn't that amazing? He just assumes that we are the salt. He doesn't say, listen, you need to become salt. You need to become light. Now he says, you are. You are the salt of the earth. You are light. You make things better. You make things brighter. And so the question we need to ask ourselves then is, when is it then that people change? Right? When is it that people are more receptive to changing? And there's actually four times in our lives that we are more receptive to change, and as leaders, we should not only be able to understand those times, but also that we should recognize them in people. How many of you want to know what that is? Nobody? Oh, a few. Okay. I'll, luckily, because I want to like, do the rest of my message on this. So, so the four times in our lives that we are more receptive to change, and the first one, family, is listen to me, when we hurt enough that we have to, not something we plan to do. It's not something we actually want to do, but we're in a corner and there's nowhere else to go. And so we have to make some changes. The second time in our lives that we change is this, is when we see something that really inspires us to change or we see someone or we look at that and we're like, I would really like to live my life like that. So someone that really inspires us. And we spoke and you know, I wanna just say this, as I go through this teaching today, this church makes things available to us in order that we can fulfill God's word in our lives. Amen. And the, one of the things that I think of here is our serve day. You know, how many times we spoke about it, how people would stop along the road and say, hi, where are you from? I want to be a part of this thing. And when we do our next serve day, we're going to really, we're going to use that to be able to connect with other people as well. But you see, family, if you think about it, one of the things on Serve Day that we do is that we really want to inspire others. So we do things in a way that, that really reaches out to people's innermost being to also want to make a difference in people's lives. 
So we change, first of all, when we, when we hurt enough that we have to. We change when we see something that inspires us to. And the third thing is, is that we, we change when we learn enough that we want to change. And the thing that I think about here is our group's environment where people are getting together and really they become closer than a family. That when something happens, the first person that you phone is maybe not your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, but somebody in your group. That we get so, it's so much of a family because why? Because we're sharing values and we, we're learning values. Which brings me to the fourth one is, is that we begin to experience and live out those values. You see, what's so beautiful about this is as we learn new values and as we start living out these values, family, we just become more valuable to ourselves and to our family. And that is where we start changing our world. So let me go through it again. The first thing we change is when we hurt enough that we have to when we see something that inspires us to, when we learn enough that we want to change, and then we change when we receive enough that we are able to make a change in our lives. And really, the question now is, is if, if I'm gonna change my world, then how do I do it? Because I can tell you when I got born again, man, I, I just wanted to make a difference. And the church I was in at that time didn't give us the opportunities that we have here. I just wanted somebody to walk in my life and say, this is, this is what you can do. This is how you do it. And so I did a couple of things that were not so clever and other stuff that maybe works us a little bit okay. But family, the question we need to ask ourselves then is, how can I be salt and light in my world? And what I love about this is that what we're gonna to share today, it, each and every one of us, we can do it. And more than that, I can assure you, it is going to work. How many of you ever did something that didn't work? Good thing is you got active. <laughs> Bad thing is you didn't quite get the results you wanted. And this is exciting because it isn't just theory. We've proved it. It's worked in our lives and it's worked in other people's lives. So the intention is this, is that we have to, have to bring people into transformation in their own lives and then that they will transform the lives of others. So I'm gonna give you four things again, right? That we can do that's gonna change lives one completely. The first thing is this, is that we have to value people. And the word we're looking for here is connecting. And family, this is one of the most important things that we have to really focus on because you see, when we value people, we connect with them. That is the connecting link of changing our world. And it's important that we serve and it's important that we add value and we'll see that that is important. But family, we need to value people first. People often say to me, you know, I just wanna be like Jesus. How many of you wanna be like Jesus? How do I do that? Well, do what he does. Right? Jesus valued everyone. I know some of you are probably saying everyone. <sighs> Don't you mean someone? Don't you mean my people? Well, Jesus really valued everyone. In actual fact, he valued people that most people didn't value. He valued people that the religious people didn't understand. And they would say things like, you know, why are you eating with them? Why are you hanging out with them, right? But Jesus valued 
everyone. And I think there's so many gospel illustrations of how Jesus did this. But the one I want to focus on today is found in Matthew chapter 25. And I want to say this again. This is the reason that we as a church have things like serve days, have things like welfare outreaches, because really this is what Matthew 25, I'm going from verse 35, this is what it's talking about. And also for me, this is a scripture that so many times I look at and say, Jesus, I really wanna do this, show me how. I mean, and he says this, he says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. The Bible says then those sheep are gonna say, Master, what are you talking about? I don't want you to miss this family. Jesus is actually giving them this huge compliment here. He's really saying, you know, I mean, I was, I was sick and you came to me. I was in prison and you were there for me. When I was cold, you clothed me. And he was doing it saying, you know, I, I just, I really want to give you a shout out for doing this. And it carries on and says, when, this is what the people say, when did we ever see you hungry? When did we ever see you thirsty and give you a drink? Right? When did we ever see you sick and we came to you? When did we see you in prison and come to you? And I love this. It says the king will say, and family, listen to this. I am telling you the solemn truth. Now, whenever I hear that in the word of God, I mean, Jesus is the truth. He's never gonna lie. And the reason it's there is because it's so hard for us to believe it. So whenever you see that, meditate more on that scripture. He says, I tell you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Jesus says it was me. And here's the amazing thing. He doesn't say you did it for me. He says you did it to me. Listen to me, family. This is so important. Jesus values people so much that when we add value to people, Jesus takes it personally. He says that was me. You did it to me. And I have people that say to me, you know, I, I just want to get close to God. Well, you know what? Go close somebody. You've just closed Jesus. Someone says, I wish I could just hug the Lord. Go hug somebody in Jesus' name. You just hug Jesus. Jesus values people so much that when we add value to them, family, then he takes it personally. So I wanted to say this. He said it himself. I want you to know you did it to me. Now, when you want to connect with Jesus, value people. When you want to connect with people, value people. And people can tell when you really value them. And you can also tell, can't you, when you're not valued. You know, people say, I will go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. So that's the first one that we value people, and that is the connecting link. The second part of being salt and light is that I add value to people, right? It's one thing to value people, appreciate people. That's another thing when I start to say that I'm gonna add value to somebody, which means that I'm going to start influencing their lives. Think about that for a moment. Think of somebody that's added value to your life and therefore has influence in your life. 
people that come to mind for me, and I've been so blessed to be in the ministry as long as I have, that Pastor Theon, Apostle Theon and Dr. Beth have been my mentors, and they've spoken so much. They've added so much value into my life. You see, when a person adds value to your life, they have proper influence in your life. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, when you start adding value is when you can shine your light into that person's life. When you start beginning to provide salt so that you can make things better. Now, once again, the question is, well, how exactly do I do that? How am I going to add value to somebody's life? And there's something that we can do. In fact, I'm gonna give you five things that we can be conscious of, that we can do this on a daily basis. You're gonna have to write pretty quick now. The first thing is this. As we spoke about, you have to value people. That's gotta be the foundation. The second thing is this, is that I actually think about ways that I can add value to people. So even before I'm with you, I'm thinking how can I add value to you? The third one is this, I look for ways. And once again, even when I'm with you, even when I'm listening to you, I'm still looking for ways that I can add value. You see, family, we see what we are prepared to see. And that's the reason that some people can find so many ways to add value and other people just don't see it at all because we're constantly looking for ways. And I really must give, give a shout out to my friend, Pastor Simone. She's got so gifted in this. She just picks up little nuances in conversations that most of us miss and she just acts on it so effectively. You see, family, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. So the first thing is, is I value people. The second thing is, is I think of ways to add value to people. The third thing is, is that I look for ways and I keep looking for ways to add value to people. And when I'm with them, the fourth thing is, is I do things. I actually do things to just add value to them. You know, this word action, we love to use the word traction in the church, even in business, you know, traction, let's move forward. But the word action is right in the middle of the word traction. And I'm gonna say this, you know, good intentions are great, but they are highly overrated, overrated, right? Because good intentions never change the life. I mean, all of us have had a good intention at some stage to want to do something. We just kind of didn't get around to doing it. But the truth be told, I receive good news by good action, not by good intention, amen? So the fifth one is this, is that I encourage other people to add value to people's lives. And when people see us doing that, they're inspired to do that. I wanna have a look at the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter nine and verse, from verse 19. Paul here really, we see he understood that to add value to people means to serve them. And this is what he says. He says, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, so important. We're not doing this because somebody told me to do it. I'm not doing it because it's my job to do it. I'm doing it because he says, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order that I can reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. Very important, he says, I didn't take on their way of life. 
I used to say this, speak this over my children when they were little, like, go to school. I say, let your light shine and do not let the world contaminate you. Right? He says, I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience the things from their point of view. Do you know, family, how much it means when you take time to listen to people's points of view and try and understand where they're coming from? He says, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. And he says, I did all of this because of the message, the good news inside of me, right? I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. The apostle Paul says, yeah, I just got to serve, right? He says, I'm just going to try and add value to people wherever I can. Now, here's the thing that's really important. The way that we serve is very, very important. You see, my perspective towards you will determine my attitude towards you. How we view things is how we do things. Perspective is everything. If I see you as weak, I'm gonna help you. If I see you as broken, I'm gonna fix you. But if I see you as valuable, I'm gonna serve you. And the first two scenarios, I'm still on top, okay? I pulled you out of a ditch. Just call me Jesus Junior. And my reward is that you say, thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor Junior. I really appreciate it. But if I look at you as valuable, I'm gonna serve you. See what I've done now? I put myself beneath. See, family, the attitude and the posture in our serving is truly what changes lives. Right, let's quickly have a look at number three is living good values. It's one thing to value people, another thing to add value to people. It's an entirely different thing when I start living out those values because when people see that, they are attracted to that. And that is what makes us attractive. I'm gonna loosely refer to Galatians chapter five, right? We're speaking about the fruit of the spirit. And it says this, and family, it's an amazing thing. It's produced by the Holy Spirit inside of us. And the most important out of all of them is firstly divine love. Because once again, everything flows from a standpoint of love, right? We're talking about being attractive. We get that, right? And then he says, he says, we're gonna have joy that overflows. Don't you just love being around people that overflow with joy? I think of Nanika. Everybody wants to be around her because she's always joyful. Sure beats being around somebody that's, overflowing with sadness all the time. Just saying. Right. He says, we get a peace that's beyond our understanding and we have patience that in our life that endures and we have kindness in action and we have a faith that prevails, a gentleness of heart, strength of the Spirit. It's as we're going through all of these attractive qualities, we really see that it says that the law, these things are it says we mustn't be limited by the law because these things are above the law. Family, when we fulfill this, we're actually fulfilling the, the law. Okay, I'm gonna do the last one. We can be able to do the first three. Are you with me? Yes, okay. The fourth one is this, is that we start sharing good values. And this is speaking about where the transformation takes place. 
How many of you notice there's this common word that we keep seeing here, right? We value people, we add value to people, we live good values, and now we're talking about sharing good value. And here we're saying that the value of values is so important. Okay, in Luke chapter three and verse, uh, sorry, chapter six, verse thirty-one, this over here is amazing because it, it's the greatest value of all. And you know what? It covers every culture, every creed. It's simply this: do to others as you would have them do to you. Family, why? As I said in Galatians five, verse fourteen, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Whatever you prepare to do for yourself, are you prepared to do that for somebody else? Simply treat others as you want to be treated. And you see, that's, that's what's so life-changing because this is where we begin to understand that transformation actually begins with good values. And good values is what creates within us Stability. Good values makes us bigger on the inside than on the outside. They anchor our lives. And here's the thing that I've noticed that if you've got good values, you actually don't need that much validation on the outside. People that lack good values need that validation constantly. If we could just teach good values in our schools, we will see a difference in our society. And the reason that we have issues in our schools and in our society is because there is such a deficit of values in our culture today. If we can just talk about good values, start sharing good values, start living out those good values, family, we will change our world. We will be the salt and light because I really believe that deep down in our hearts, each and every one of us, we want to make a difference. I wanna just take you to Romans chapter 15, verse one. Love this verse because it says this. It says, strength is for service, not for status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, not asking somebody else, asking ourselves, how can I help? Jesus said this in Matthew 20, verse 26, the B part, whatever, Sorry, whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. That's what Jesus said. The greatest in the kingdom is a servant. We are here. I want you to know, family, we are here as a church to serve you. You at that stage in your life where you, you say, listen, I've just come to that transformation, then go on the next steps. Just go on our website. It will show you your next steps. If you're at the stage, you know, I've got so many yesterdays I need to deal with. That's why we have a freedom department to help you get into a freedom group with people that have been through the same thing and overcome it. We have our groups, our welfare groups. If you say, I wanna serve somebody less fortunate than me, join our welfare. Family, there's something for every single person. Even if you just wanna come, when you come to church, let us know if you wanna just serve in the family then we would be so happy to help you with that. Amen, family? We are here to serve you. I'd like to pray with you, if I may. We just bow our heads for a moment. Father God, we wanna just thank you for your word, Father, that always brings life. Jesus, you said we are the salt. You said we are the help, so the, the light. So we, we know that you've given us the ability to do this, Father. So 
So we ask you this morning that you would give us the opportunity to make a difference in other people's lives. We want to change this world in which we live. And Holy Spirit, we want to ask you, Lord, that we would truly take action, that we would not only know what to do, but that we would actually do it, that we would take time to share and to give, to serve and to love and to reach, to help people and to lift people up and do all those things that build the kingdom of God. Father, as we do all of these things to change our lives, we ask you that you would change us, Father God. We would just lose ourselves in somebody else's life, Father, so that you may be glorified, Father God, and that you, Father God, would would grow your kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, there are people here today never really made Jesus the Lord of your life. You don't quite know what it means to enter into this born-again experience. And I want to open this up to you today because it's such a simple thing. All that you're gonna, I'm going to ask you to do is to raise your hand in a few moments. We're going to pray together and God himself is going to change your heart and he's going to come and live inside of you and he's going to make you his very own son or daughter. And I would love to pray with you today. It's never going to be easier than right now. Maybe there are folks here today, you say, you know what, I, I was there and somehow it's just things have just happened and I'm just really feel like I want to rededicate my life to God today. I just want to stop the bus and say, Lord, work in my heart. Do what you want to do. Or perhaps you're here today and you just say, I just want to be sure that I really have a place in heaven. Maybe you just lost somebody close to you and you stopped and thought, if I died, would I go to heaven? Today, I want to give you that assurance. I want to ask you if you can raise your hand, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today, or if you want to be sure you're going to heaven, I'm going to ask you right there where you're sitting, if you can just raise your hand up real high in the other auditoriums. Can you also at the other venues just raise your hand up right there where you are? If you are online with us today, come on, just raise your hand. The Lord Jesus will see it. I see hands going up. Come on, just raise your hand right now. You know it's you. Listen, nothing's worked. This is worth, worth it. This will work, I can assure you those hands going up. I just feel there's somebody here right now you're kind of thinking, oh, I want to, but I'm not sure what people will say. I want you to know this is the biggest fight that the devil will have ever to retain your soul. So just raise your hand up and give it to Jesus. There we go. Thank you for raising your hand. I see you. I'm going to just ask everybody to just pray with me right now if you would to say this, Lord Jesus, thank you that you came. Thank you that you died on that cross to free me of all of my sin. Thank you that on the third day, you rose again, leaving me, making me righteous. I receive you right now as my personal Lord and Saviour. Thank you that I'm your child. Thank you that I forgive everybody that has hurt me and harmed me as you have forgiven me in Jesus name and everyone said Amen Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching you had an encounter with God 
If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 